I am the good shepherd. When I was given this reading, I looked at it a bit and then started to write this in a panic this morning when I wasn't at the 10 o'clock. And I looked at my um, big study Bible and it was annotated. I thought, and it said, talk, St. Matt's 2015. I thought, right, I've got this somewhere. Could I find it? No, I think it's in a book, in a box somewhere, up in our dressing room. Just looking at the back here. <laughs> and I couldn't find it. So I have done this talk again. So I couldn't do my usual teach one of teaching the same lesson year in, year out. 30 years of Treaty of Versailles. I kid you not. So I decided, I started to explore the idea of the Good Shepherd. And I remembered that I actually bought, fortunately on my Kindle, this one. There was a book called The Good Shepherd by Kenneth Bailey. And I got into it. I read it far too long, because again, it slowed me actually going on to the task, which is typical. Luckily, it was on my Kindle, so I could find it. And I suddenly realized, I was reminded, how much the image of the shepherd runs through the Bible. How important and vital his image is. Even at work, I'm a teacher, in case you didn't know, uh, we talk about pastoral care. And pastoral care, we don't, we don't actually think, you know, that's form tutor stuff, right? is actually, we don't actually think we're going to take our form out to eat grass or something. They get school dinners, which is slightly better. And uh, so the Bible has hundreds of verses that mention sheep, flocks, and sheepfolds. So I thought what I would do is to explore the different aspects of I am the good shepherd. Confusingly, not in the right order, but never mind. So starting with the shepherd idea. Going through the Bible time and time again, you get the image of the shepherd, and usually it has very similar components. The good shepherd, in the Old Testament, the good shepherd is God. Lost sheep, opponents, the incarnation, promised or realized, a high cost to a shepherd, repentance and return, sometimes bad sheep, and usually some kind of celebration or ending. But with the shepherd tradition, the best place to start is usually Psalm 23. For many of us, we used to sing it at school, for some of us a long time ago. And then it was the Scottish Psalter, the tune of Crimmond, which is often used again and again in funeral services. The Lord is my shepherd. Or possibly hear more sung in the version by Stuart Townsend. Townend, sorry, not Townsend. I say Townsend which has the chorus, and I will trust in you alone, which actually, again, made me think, because that's part of this too. I will trust in you alone. Your goodness will lead me home. So back to the Psalm 23, as in the Bible. In fact, actually, at our wedding, Charlotte and I did have a version of Psalm 23 playing while we were signing the register on the sort of quiet music, which was actually the Vicar of Dibley version, but never mind. It's quite good. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And at the end, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As you move on through the Old Testament, this is why I pretend I've read the entire Old Testament preparing for this talk, but that's not true. Uh, I was guided. Prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel then turn to explain what happened when Israel is led by bad shepherds. Jeremiah 23, here we go, a bit of Jeremiah just to warm you up. Woe 
to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries I have driven them and bring them back to their pasture. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid. And in Ezekiel, woe, again, to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. You have ruled them harshly and brutally, so they were scattered. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will rescue my flock from their mouths, so it will no longer be food for them. So, of course, we are talking about leaders, kings, politicians, if you like. In both these readings, the shepherds are the kings of Israel who have failed leading to the destruction of their nation. They are bad shepherds. But a promise is held out that God himself will be the shepherd. Bad kings, failing rulers have been common throughout history. Mentioning no names. Well, as a history teacher, no current names anyway, but I'm also a politics teacher, which is very dangerous at the moment. I'm looking for, um, well, there we go. In the New Testament, it is Jesus who is actually the incarnation of God, the Good Shepherd. In Matthew 18, the Good Shepherd leaves the 99 to look for the one missing sheep. And we hear of the joy found in the one who is saved. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones shall perish. And then for a teacher in Mark, I'll get to John eventually, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. It's always challenging. To, what is challenging to me is that the good, what is a good teacher? Is a good teacher the one who fulfills progress targets, completes the specification, covers the key skills, gets a one on your lesson observation, you know, and sort of assistant heads in the back saying, oh, yes, yes, joy of learning, there we go. What does good mean? Does they're marking does good mean something else? Does it actually mean someone who's good, who is a teacher? Do we have a duty to enlighten and bring goodness into the classroom? More of that in a moment. Or does the passage tell us? The passage itself, John 10, begins in a village where there's a courtyard, a kind of enclosure, where a group of people have all put their sheep in one place to be looked after. In the, de- the sheep will be taken out to pasture by a shepherd the shepherd would have distinctive call or pipes or a song or music that was known to them and they would rush out to greet him because sheep would actually know who their shepherd was. Reading this, there was a story, history bit here, Palestine during the British occupation. The British army had confiscated a large number of sheep from locals and one of them got permission to get his ten sheep back. So he goes to the British officer, the um, sergeant in charge, says, can I have my ten sheep back? And I said, well, there's a hundred out there. If you can work out which ten are yours, it's up to you. And he called with his pipes, and ten came over, because they knew who he was. Now, in this case, there's a, the real threat to these sheep is from thieves, and those would lead the sheep astray. But the sheep are taken out into the wilderness to pasture. Freedom in the wilderness perhaps finding sustenance, salvation, under the guidance of the shepherd. 
but here in danger from wild animals. And then it depends on the shepherd. If the shepherd is the hired hand, who doesn't own the sheep, then he abandons them when the wolf comes and runs away. Cares nothing for the sheep. Again, back to the idea of leaders who care about themselves, false idols, false religious leaders, Pharisees who are just obeying the law but don't love it and don't love the people they're teaching. Untrustworthy politicians, I don't know. But leaders who don't actually care about those in their charge and abandon the wolves. At this point, my notes say, make analogies with the present world situation. I suppose I should be careful. Do situations like Syria need good shepherds rather than bad ones? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, says Jesus. Jesus will die for his sheep. I am the good shepherd. As the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. It's made clear that this foreshadows the cross and the resurrection. At the end of the passage, Jesus refers to his authority. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord, his life. I have authority to lay it down, authority to take it up again. The word exousia, power, authority, refers to legitimate power and authority. Again, as a politics teacher, I always spend a few lessons exploring the nature of power and authority. And I usually say, well, Boris Johnson's prime minister... Whether you like that or not, he is legally the Prime Minister and everyone accepts that he is because he's been to the Queen, he's kissed her hand, he's been made Prime Minister. Parliament's there, they pass laws, we obey them. You might not like them, but they are the law because you accept Parliament has a right to do it. I usually wait till um, the day that some of them are in their CCF uniform and I say, well, if the CCF get their guns and head up to London, march into Parliament and take over, probably govern better anyway, but... That would be a military coup, and they would have power at the point of a gun, but no authority. It wouldn't be legal. Authority is something more. Authority comes from being the, in the right place, having the right will behind you, from being legally accepted. In this case, authority comes from God the Father, through God the Son. Authority of God. So having talked about the shepherd and a bit of good, back to good, well, that I am. In John, Jesus gives us seven I ams. Now, this is going to sound like the terminally list of talks coming up, so I'll have to be careful because actually two of them are. Um, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. You are the branches. I said two of these are the next two weeks' talks. I'll be, I won't say too much, just in case. But they all give us aspects of the incarnation. The term I am appears 300 times in the Bible, directly relating to God. In Exodus 3.14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am, the tetragrammaton in Hebrew, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, 
or in the authorised version, Jehovah, the name God. Modern translations often show the word Lord in capital letters where that would be used. So Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. God is the good shepherd. Jesus is God. The word good is from the Greek kalos, wholesome, noble, beautiful, as opposed to wicked, mean, and foul. The good shepherd is not just good at his job, although he is. In offset terms, an outstanding teacher. He is truly good. He is enlightened, wholesome, and sinless. The good person who puts their people first, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So to bring it all together, in today's reading we have the main elements of the good shepherd story. The good shepherd is God, who is Jesus. The incarnation, I am, who is good in every sense of the word. We are in danger from those who take us away from God and endanger ourselves. We should not listen to false leaders and stay with Jesus who will defend us from the enemy. Jesus has paid the price to save us and we are given abundant life. In fact, this passage is packed with references. The good shepherd shows us Christology from the mouth of Jesus. It gives us the offer of salvation. It's a role model for true Christian leadership. Leadership that is godly and good in every sense of the word. Now, when I was researching this to finish, I didn't realize until today there is something called Good Shepherd Sunday, which apparently, particularly in Catholic churches, but I think some Anglican will, is the um, fourth Sunday after Easter. And there are a whole series of readings around the shepherd theme and interventions available. So I'm trying to adapt some of them for us to bring this to an end. So just to finish on a prayer and meditation. Good shepherd, teach us to follow you, to care for all that are close to us, to protect those who are threatened, to welcome those who are rejected, to forgive those burdened by guilt, to heal those who are broken and sick, to share with those who have little or nothing, to take the time to really know one another and love you as you have loved us. Good Shepherd, teach us to follow you, to spread compassion to those who are far away, to speak for those who are voiceless, to defend those who are oppressed and abused, to work for justice for those who are exploited, to make peace for those who suffer violence, to take the time to recognize our connectedness and to love as you have loved us. Good Shepherd, teach us to follow you and be faithful to the calling you gave us, to be shepherds in your name. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen.